It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The Cincinnati Bengals took a day off from practice on Wednesday as we're looking forward, and I think fans are also looking forward to the scrimmage coming up on Friday, where we are sure to get a better look at what the current state of the offensive line is, because we won't have a, a row of players acting as a barrier, hopefully, from the media to the field. So hopefully we'll get a better look at everything going on. We'll get a better feel for some of the rotations, especially at the linebacker position where it's been very mix and match. But because there's no practice today, James and I decided to take the opportunity to take a midweek mailbag. So we'll get to that coming up in just a few minutes. But first, William Jackson talked to the media yesterday. And since Joe Burrow and head coach Zach Taylor also talked to the media We didn't get a chance to talk about what William Jackson had to say. So we're going to get into William Jackson's press conference first, and then we'll dive into the mailbag. And before we get to the William Jackson press conference, let's catch up on these injury notes. First off, we know that Rennell Wren's injury turns out to be a quadriceps injury, just like Gerald McCoy's perhaps, and McCoy was released by the Cowboys, and turns out they had an out clause in that contract just for that injury. Rennell Wren won't have such an out clause, but it sounds like he is going to miss most likely the entire season. That was reported by Tom Pellicero, who in the same tweet revealed to Bengals fans that Sean Williams' injury is a calf injury. Williams is also seeking a second opinion and is hoping for much better news than Wren, as Williams could be back by the start of the regular season. And Williams would be a huge loss. Uh, Initially, I was like, oh, it's not a, a huge deal, right? They have Von Bell and Jesse Bates. But it's not about one and two. It's about the drop-off from three to four. And with all due respect to Brandon Wilson uh, you know, and Tray- Trayvon Henderson, it's – I don't know if the Bengals could do that three-safety look if Sean Williams isn't there you know, regularly. And, and I don't know if you can bank on Brandon Wilson to, to do that. And that, again, no knock on him. But if you're going to completely change your defense and rely more on three linebackers, which is more youth and more inexperience – then there's there's question marks there. So hopefully the initial prognosis is accurate in that he can get out there and be a, a big part of this defense. And if not, the early stages of the year, you're talking about a guy in Sean Williams who you were going to bank on to be a significant contributor and a guy in Trey Waynes who you were expecting to be a, a significant upgrade at corner. 
and those two guys are out already. That's just that's a tough pill to swallow for a team that was really trying to revamp and remake a defense that was one of the league's worst last season. On the same token, or maybe the other side of that same coin, Sean Williams was a starting safety last year, and they still did use a three-safety look with the other guys on the team as a backup. Yeah, Clayton Fedgelman's gone, but they did have Brandon Wilson out there at times as well, so there's still a chance that they go to that three-safety look if they don't feel good about the rookie linebackers. On the other hand, in the secondary, on the other side from Trey Waynes, you've got William Jackson, who spoke with the media on Tuesday, and for the first time in his career, he's had the same defensive coordinator for two years. Prior to Lou Anarumo's arrival, he had to learn a new scheme every year, and it sounds like the continuity for him makes him more confident than he's been since probably 2017 and a little bit of what sounded like self-reflection on the fact that he hasn't been quite as good since his first year after he was injured for his rookie year. And you hope that that experience in Luana Rumo's system in that year where it was certainly underwhelming when he was battling injuries throughout, you know, that shoulder throughout all of the 2019 season, you hope that that's enough to springboard him, much like 2016 was, where he sat and he learned and he entered 2017 hungry. And one thing that I, uh, he said multiple times during a nine-minute news conference, it wasn't like he talked for 29 minutes. During nine minutes, one word he said, Jake, was fun and how he needs to get back to having fun again. And I, I think that that does matter because once you – you're a young player and you set the bar as high as he did in his first NFL season playing on the field in 2017. If you have just a little slip up, a little letdown, and he did, he was still good in 2018, but a little letdown it might not be as fun. You might take that to heart because he certainly read his press clippings of 2017. He knew the pro football focus grades and was very aware of it and would like it on Twitter and would share it and stuff. And he should have. But I think that he's a little more hardened now more experienced, uh, more grizzled, uh, and, and he's got to be in, in that, that young cornerback room. He's got to be one of the leaders there, especially now with Wayne's out for most of the year. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because we still think of William Jackson. He's still on his rookie deal, and, and he even said during the press conference, I'm one of the older guys on the team now, which is crazy, right? And, and you don't think of him that way, but in that cornerback room at this point with some of the young guys that they've brought in, in his fifth year now, William Jackson has become one of the senior statesmen in that secondary, and I, for one, am looking forward to him earning a contract extension with a big 2020. So while I hope for William Jackson to have a nice bounce-back 2020, coming off his injuries getting tuned up, if your car needs a tune-up, head on over to rockauto.com because they have all the makes, all the models, they have everything that you will ever need for your vehicle, And you can get the best prices without even leaving home. James, I know you're getting some air filters for your new Toyota. What else can you get on rockauto.com? Literally everything and anything you could possibly want if you're buying a new or used car. Look, air filters are something that you should replace every 50, 60,000 miles. And it costs a lot if you don't do it yourself. And it's really easy to do. You can look it up on YouTube, even if you're not handy like me and do it. On most models, rockauto.com is the place to go. Instead of going to the big box store, you're getting the filters 30% of what it costs at the big box store. So you save money. You can shop from your own home. You don't have to social distance if you're shopping from home. 
So it, it's extremely convenient. And it's not just the air filters. It's whatever you need for your car. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. While the Bengals were off today, there are no days off in the middle of the week for the Locked On Bengals podcast. And we proceed with a midweek mailbag instead. And James... We got a question about a video or a, or a GIF or a GIF, depending on how you say it, that you put out yesterday from your time watching practice. It came down and KB at KB Brouhaha on Twitter said, James posted a clip from yesterday's practice that appeared to show Burrow running for his life. The entire defensive line chasing him as if every offensive lineman missed their block. That tweet later came down. What happened on the play and why was the tweet deleted? Let's start with why it was deleted, because some thought, oh, it was a scramble drill and he got it wrong and that's it. First off, that that's not true. It was not a scramble drill. Um, second off, it, it had nothing to do with it, you know, going viral and all that stuff. And I had no idea it was going to look. But my thought process, I was taking pictures. That was a picture. And those of you that have iPhones, you have a live photo. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but it was a live photo. And when I went to upload it to Twitter, you can make that photo a a gif and so i hit it and i was like oh well that's kind of cool so i didn't think anything about it right well it was during an 11 on 11 period and when you're you're talking about 11 on 11 from the distance i am in an iphone you can't zoom in enough to not get the the rest of the field well i'm not supposed to do that that's part of the the media um rules which makes sense because the last thing you want is, is media taking pictures and videos of formations, uh, specifically videos, and posting them online. Um, and so I hit the GIF button, not thinking about it, posted it. Didn't really think – again, he was rolling out first off, um, and, and that was part of it. And the offensive line didn't hold up some of their blocks, and which forced them to roll out. And then the other part of it was was when I took the, the photo, it, it was – after the, most of the play had happened, and just because of my angle, it's not like I could have taken the photo before that. So, uh, one, it's a mess up on my part because I made it a GIF and didn't just post the photo. Totally allowed to post the photo. That doesn't hurt any of the media uh, rules or in anything like that, that that are a part of Bengals training camp, which, again, that's my mess up. But So that's why it was taken down right there. That's it. It had nothing to do with scramble drill or anything else. It's because I made it a GIF and I shouldn't. I could post the photo anytime. I haven't. I I didn't realize it was going to go viral. Uh, but it, it, it lacked context. Look, he was he was just he was rolling out and running. I thought it was cool. And I was like, oh, the GIF doesn't look bad. But once I realized and saw people reacting to it, I was like, oh, I didn't mean for this to. So, look, is the Bengals offensive line going to be bad? Maybe. But that wasn't necessarily uh, a, a fair two-second GIF 
of, of what has, has gone on in practice so far. They did get beat multiple times during 11 on 11. And that was my point to the clip is, oh, Burrow's rolling out and he's running and the defensive line has gotten pressure on him because that's one of my concerns going into camp. So it was two things. One, I thought it was impressive that Burrow was able to roll out, pump fake and keep running and kind of outrun the entire defensive line. Two, we've seen this throughout camp over the past couple of years, and that is concerning because it happened multiple times before I posted it. My mistake and why it was deleted is because I happened to hit the GIF button instead of just posting the photo, and that's on me. Uh, the, the rest of it, though, I, I had no idea it was going to get picked up by some of the outlets that it was and become a meme and stuff like that, but it did. Um, the good news is is I, I think the uh, the Bengals probably saw it, and uh, that offensive line can continue to use it as motivation. You got some bulletin board material from our own James Rapine inadvertently. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple things going on there, right? There, there's an offensive sideline that's totally blocking our view of the play. Like you said, it's at the tail end of the play. But it's always funny to me that media isn't allowed to post 11-on-11 stuff because most years they're open to the public and the public's posting 11-on-11 videos all day. And and they can't prohibit the public from doing it and they never try. So that's always been a funny little rule to me. But with no public out there this time, that just means that fans like me who are used to getting 11-on-11 stuff from the fans in attendance just don't get anything this year. But I, I guess that is the world we live in for 2020. Yeah, it was wild. The good news is I'll be back at training camp on Thursday. So stay tuned for what other viral tweets I'm going to throw out there during Bengals practice. Uh, Jake, let's keep things rolling with the mailbag. And let's combine two questions here. Brandon McNamee and Adam Sains, and I hope I'm saying your guys' names correctly, both have questions about the offensive line. Adam asks, who is starting on the offensive line? And Brandon asks, do you think they will give Billy Price a chance at right guard and possibly give Fred Johnson a shot at right tackle? I think it's Brandon McNamee, and he can tell us who is more correct after the show. This is always fun. Who, who I think can, you're right. I think you're right, too. <laughs> who can announce the names on Twitter? I'm calling correct. him McNamee. I don't care. McNamee. <laughs> I've got Rappian and other weird versions of my name my whole life so i can get your name wrong yeah yeah i've i've had my name butchered too but as a result of that i try to get it right you know i try to do my dudes a solid when they have names that anyway the question is who's starting on the offensive line and these questions go together perfectly it's it's exactly that being the competition and, and it's not much of a competition so far through two days at camp and it's something that we're keeping an eye on because so far there there is no shot for billy price and Fred Johnson, at least as far as we can tell. Now, I expected there to be an actual camp battle for those two positions, and it sounds like the left side of the offensive line from center to left tackle is pretty well in stone. Jonah Williams, Mike Jordan, uh, Trey Hopkins in the center. I think right guard right now looks like Xavier Suofilo. It looks like Billy Price isn't really getting an opportunity to prove that he's better than Xavier Suofilo, who they went out and targeted in unrestricted free agency. And so far, it has been just Bobby Hart at right tackle. So we will have to see if this changes on Thursday and in the scrimmage on Friday because until it does, we have no reason to believe that this is actually an open competition right now. Yeah, I wrote about this on on Wednesday as, as part of the off day because I was expecting a competition and I was expecting a you know mix and match just really to push both of these guys. Look, Bobby Hart is still 
at best unproven, right? And, and I know the coaching staff thinks highly of him, but I thought, hey, why not roll with a guy like Fred Johnson and, and at least let the young guy push him? And then, and maybe that'll still happen, but two days of observing practice, including one day in full pads, it hasn't. And like you said, we'll see on Thursday and certainly on Friday during the scrimmage. And then Billy Price, I mean, he was getting backup run at center, you know, second string run at guard. And maybe that's it. Maybe they just view him as a guy who's going to to back up Michael Jordan, back up Trey Hopkins, back up Xavier Suofilo. But I was hoping that he would at least get a shot. And, and again, maybe these guys will. But if not, then damn it, Xavier Suofilo and Bobby Hart better be serviceable. Right. My bar is not high for this offensive line. I use competent a lot. I'll use serviceable now. They need to be serviceable, especially if you're not going to have them compete against one another for uh, this starting job. You know, if they're not competing for it and they're sort of getting it handed to them or it's their job to lose, fine. But they better deliver when it matters. And it it starts to matter in, in less than four weeks on September 13th. And it might be that there's a competition that we're not seeing, but mm-hmm. we, we need to see it to, to know it exists. And until we know it exists, we can't speculate that, oh, yeah, you know, in their morning walkthroughs, the other guys with the first team. Also, that's probably not true. Next question, James, comes from Rocky Mountain Who Day at Deuter the on Twitter. And I, I actually have a bunch of data to back this up. So I want you to answer this off the cuff and tell me what you think. And then we'll look at what the numbers say. So Rocky Mountain wants to know. What is the Bengals' average injury rate to starters compared to the rest of the league over the last, say, three years? If it's always high, at what point do we look toward the training staff? <laughs> I have no idea, right? I, 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 I'm not going to pretend that I do. This is, uh, to me, I think injuries happen in football all the time. And, and I think, I look at the Steelers, they've certainly had their fair share of injuries over the past couple of years. Uh, Ravens as well, you know, I'll just stay in division in uh, the Browns as well. So I don't think it's much different. And maybe it feels that way. But you look across the league right now and injuries may be up a little bit for camp. But I think that is has much to do with uh, the offseason or the lack thereof and it being a virtual offseason is anything because there are a bunch of soft t- tissue injuries throughout the league. Um, and then the other thing is, is the Bengals have drafted some guys with injury history. Carl Lawson had an injury history. So it's not shocking that if he got injured in college, that he's going to get injured in the pros. Same thing with John Ross. That was the biggest knock on him coming out um, is his injury history. Uh, so that really isn't shocking that those guys have continued to get hurt since they since they were drafted. Yeah, uh, the, and, and it lines up. So, so Football Outsiders every year does this adjusted games loss metric, and they break it down by position, they break it down by team, they break it down by starters. And in 2019 – the Bengals lost the 20th least games to injury. So, so they're bad. They, they were a more injured team than average in the bottom third in terms of we lost the most guys to injury. In 2018, they were 27th. So they had nearly the most injuries, games lost to injury in the NFL. And, and what gets interesting to me when you bring up the the fact that they've drafted some injury-prone guys is when you look at the position groups where they're losing guys to injury. And so in 2019, 27 adjusted games lost to injury at wide receiver was the second most in the NFL. They lost some time from A.J. Green, obviously, 16 games. They lost some time from John Ross, 
And so that adds up to be the second most in the NFL behind only the Indianapolis Colts. The other position that was really bad for the Bengals last year, offensive line. 28 adjusted games lost was, I believe, third most in the NFL behind just the Arizona Cardinals. And there was one other team here, the New York Jets. The other position that was really bad, defensive backs of all positions, where they lost 20 adjusted games in 2019, which not near the, the, the top of the league. Necessarily, Baltimore actually 45 games lost to injury in their secondary last year, but, but certainly a lot more than average. On the other hand, they lost virtually no games to injury at running back, tight end, uh, very few defensive line, and, and one of the best injury rates in the linebacker room, which kind of underscores how bad those linebackers were last year. You go back further, and, and around 2016, 2017, the Bengals were one of the least injured teams in the league. So this is something that has really changed in the last couple of years. And for two years in a row now, the Bengals have been one of the more injured teams in the National Football League. I don't know if you blame the training staff for it. I actually don't. I think that injuries are largely a product of luck. But if you go look at the Football Outsiders data, they, they compare 2018 to 2019. And a lot of teams are clustered together there. But I wouldn't say that it's necessarily enough to say there's a correlation. For example, Cincinnati goes from 20 to 27. Philadelphia goes from 21 to 32. On the other hand, Tampa Bay goes from, from 2 to 30. So not necessarily a strong correlation there. No, and I don't think it's necessarily the training staff. Again, when your roster starts to age some, A.J. Green, injuries probably more likely after six years of really – outside of a, a ding here or a ding there of, of healthy football for him. The same thing goes for Lawson and Ross, like I mentioned. So part of it is that in, in who they've drafted and who they've taken. And part of it is bad luck. And you hope that luck turns around this season. Up next, we'll continue to answer your questions in a rare midweek mailbag here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Before we get back into the mailbag, James, I'm hungry. And I have no groceries right now, so I think I'm going to go check out DoorDash for dinner tonight because they have such a great variety of restaurants. I could get literally any restaurant in my town that I could possibly want to eat, any genre of food, which I know is the wrong word to describe food. But I just love the flexibility with over 300,000 partners in the U.S. and Canada, Australia, and Puerto Rico. You can get anything you want from your favorite local go-tos to your favorite national restaurants that they don't have where I live, but if they have them where you live, go get yourself some Chipotle or get a burrito or something because, man, do I miss burritos. And the best part about DoorDash, their deliveries are now contactless. So you can stay completely safe, eat the food that you love, and you don't have to go anywhere. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off in zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget, Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's keep things rolling here on Locked On Bengals with another round of mailbag questions in Muffing the Punt. Max on Twitter asks, if you had to guess the Bengals' top five receivers, including tight end and running back, in terms of yardage this season, what would you what would your prediction be? Feel free to guess the actual yardage too. Tread lightly here, Jake. Don't disrespect a seven time Pro Bowler. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. But the other thing is, like, if you're expecting more than 10 games out of A.J. Green this year, is that going to happen? That's totally unpredictable. So say there's, like, a 50% chance that A.J. Green plays a full season. And in a full season, A.J. Green would have 1,200 yards. Does that mean I take that 50% chance and just multiply it and say, okay, I think AJ is going to have 600 yards because I think there's a 50% chance he gets there and I have to think of this probabilistically. I think that AJ, if he's healthy, should lead the Bengals in yardage because he should be the deep guy for the Bengals this year. And he should, should be more reliable than John Ross, who currently we don't know when he's going to be back. Then I think Tyler Boyd is the easy number two. And if AJ Green gets hurt, he's the easy number one. After that, it gets really murky to me because it's it's not clear what's going on with T. Higgins. It's not clear where he's at in terms of readiness to step in and be a day one contributor, whether he's a possession guy, whether that's going to just be a rotation of wide receiver. But I do think the third guy will be a wide receiver. And I don't think right now that it's Auden Tate just because he's behind Mike Thomas, apparently, which might indicate that they see him as a third down type of weapon. So I'm going to say, because I don't have a better guess right now, that it'll be T. Higgins third. I'm going to say they're going to get Joe Mixon more involved. He'll be fourth. And fifth will be one of the tight ends. I'm going to say Uzama. I think that Uzama will have like 400, 500 yards and be fourth. Or fifth, sorry. All right. We resembled each other a little bit here. All right. So I have numbers here. I've really, really thought about this for a long time or I put numbers together as you were talking. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, Adriel Jeremiah Green is first. Put some respect on the man's name. I think he would play this week if it was a real game. I think they're being really cautious because, well, it's training camp, and number 18 was balling before he tweaked his hamstring on day three of of, uh, of practice. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Anyways, and I'm not laughing at it. It's just the reality here. I have A.J. Green going for 1,251 yards this year, leading the team in receiving – Tyler Boyd second with 1,103 yards. I think he's going to just feast in the middle of the field and be a a really big third down weapon. But Green will still remain uh, a big play downfield stretcher uh, and be that star that uh, that he's been in the past. John Ross is still third here. I'm not forgetting about John and, and burying him here by any stretch. I think he's going to... Uh, assuming he returns, and I get with the COVID reserve list, it's unpredictable. Um, but, but if he comes back, I'm expecting a, a, the best season of his Bengals career and certainly pro career this year. I'll say he's third with 711 yards. And then you and I agree here. Joe Mixon fourth. He hasn't had more than a, a, the high, I think it's 290 yards receiving in a season. Um, I think he easily sets 
a new career high. 296 is his career high currently. I think he ends up with around 400 to 450 receiving yards this year. And fifth, I agree with you. It's a tight end, but you have the wrong tight end. Drew Sample, fifth on the team in receiving yards this year, between 350 and 400 yards as the Bengals start to rely on that 2019 second-round pick. I can certainly see all that being the case. It's just that it relies on people being healthy, and and that becomes really unpredictable, right? And and so if A.J. Green and John Ross are healthy and with the team, sure. I, I absolutely think that it's John Ross instead of T. Higgins there, but I just this is impossible to predict right now because we have no idea what's happening with, with John and with his family, and, and Zach Taylor isn't going to tell us anything about it. So until we get better clarity there, I think that that is a very tough question and ask us again, maybe in three weeks kind of thing, right before the regular season gets started. Our next question, James comes from Jep 1218. This also kind of goes hand in hand with another question. So second or third year player who makes the biggest leap, one on offense and one on defense. And awesome. Alex Murphy asks who will be the most improved Bengal from last year. And I imagine there's some overlap between these questions. So I put them together. That's a good question. You know, both of them are. And I think there are a lot of candidates for this. I just mentioned Drew Sample. I think he is going to take a big leap forward this year. I'm confident in that. I think when you're working out with a guy like Sam Hubbard uh, and you have a coaching staff that clearly believes in you, that naturally you're just going to take a step forward when you're going to face single coverage for most of the season. So, So he's one. But as far as the guy that's going to make the biggest leap and be the most improved player. And I think he's a really talented guy, but a second or third year guy, I'm going to just bring it all together here. I think it's Jesse Bates because you look at some of the numbers he had, especially in the first eight games of last year. And I don't think that was him, but he struggled. He's much better according to pro football focus and other analytical websites like that uh, in, in the second half of last season. But I think Jesse Bates now can play hopefully his role, be that center fielder, be a guy that, that doesn't have to lead the team in tackles weekly <laughs> because the linebackers are doing their job and because the guys, uh, the, the the corners can do their job with William Jackson, hopefully getting back to, to elite form. So I think Jesse Bates has the potential to be a, a high-end safety in this league, uh, you know, a, a guy who has six, seven, eight interceptions, which yeah, I know that's a lot, but I, I think he could be that type of playmaker this year. Uh, we'll see if it happens, but uh, if I had to pick a third-year guy or a second-year guy, it would be Jesse Bates. That's pretty hard to do in the NFL. You're right about that, but I do agree that, that Jesse Bates is a most likely candidate on defense, and I think he could be the guy that takes the biggest leap. So since I agree with you on the defense, we'll just talk about some of the other candidates that I was considering, some of the honorable mentions. The first of them is obviously, I mean, for me it's obvious anyway, Darius Phillips, who will get a chance to be a full-time starter in the wake of Trey Wayne's pec tear and surgery. He could have at least 14 weeks to show that he's the Bengals' corner of the future out there with he and William Jackson essentially vying, I think, for the job opposite Trey Waynes next year. The other guy on the defensive side of the ball that I – well, there's two other guys on the defensive side of the ball that I think we need to mention here. One of them is a player that most of our listeners think I think I don't think is very good, and, and that's Sam Hubbard, who has the most sacks of any player in the NFL that was drafted in his draft class. And while I think that that's kind of who he is, and I don't necessarily believe there's a giant step forward for him, I think there could be, and I'm open to the possibility of it and would love to see it, obviously. The last guy on the defensive side of the ball is Jermaine Pratt, who 
a year mm-hmm. again developing at linebacker could see a significant second year leap I'm a little bit concerned that he hasn't established himself as the guy to stay on the field at linebacker where they're really mixing and matching with these rookies. But we'll find out more about that, I think, probably when the regular season starts, maybe a little bit in the scrimmages. On the offensive side of the ball, you say Drew Sample, and I certainly think that it's fair to expect a second-year jump from him. But the guy for me, and and it's kind of cheating because he didn't play at all last year, is is Jonah Williams. Just the the amount of stabilization that he should bring to this offensive line I think alone earns him this honor and and I who else is even in like Mike Jordan maybe you could talk about him taking a jump you could talk about Drew Sample certainly who else is there that's that's in their second or third year Auden Tate maybe but it looks like they're maybe holding him back a little bit so so I think that's kind of it for the offense Jonah Williams is is the prime candidate for me yeah, it's that that left side. It's Jonah Williams and Mike Jordan. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and obviously I mentioned Drew Sample, but if those two guys really, if you're talking about guys that can take that leap forward, I think of all the guys on defense, that'd be great. You know, the, the guys that you mentioned, including Jesse Bates. But if you could get both Jonah Williams and Michael Jordan to both just be stabilizers on that left side of the line, you feel really good about your future. So uh, of all the guys that we name, those are the two I think that stand out the most because I think they could have the biggest impact on on number nine. A lot of young guys on this team, a lot of rookies that can make significant differences for this team in 2020 as well. And that's a lot of guys to keep an eye on this year. Even if things aren't as competitive as we, we want them to be, these are players that we're going to be paying attention to because they could be the next core for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow with another training camp update for everybody. And then we're back on Friday with some special live content that will be coming your way on Twitch, probably coming your way around 5 Eastern time after James has a chance to watch that scrimmage in person. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 